0: My name's Tony Cardness, and this is the Indy Real Estate Market Weekly Podcast. Today we have a guest on the show, Mayor Scott Fadness of Fishers, Indiana. Shelly Walters on the show with FC Tucker, and Justin Griffith with Keller Williams. Hey everybody, how's it going? Doing good, Tony. How are you? Good. Scott thank you for coming on the show we certainly appreciate it i know you came over across the river today as we were talking earlier and uh, we got a lot of questions about fishers and the development of it uh shelly how's it going
1: it's doing great thank you um also thank you so much for coming i know that you're very busy and we really just wanted to talk to you about some of the things you're seeing in fishers in regards to real estate especially the rental market
2: yeah, you know, you and I talked about this briefly the other day, and uh, it's something that I kind of shone a light on maybe six months ago. We did a housing study, and one of the things that really popped out to us was this: uh, the number of homes being purchased and rented out, and the people that were owning those homes, or the entities that were owning these homes, right. I should say, uh, were from all over the country. They weren't; these weren't uh, Jim down the street renting out a, a home in his neighborhood. And as we started looking at it, we saw this national trend, and, and it got uh, got a lot of publicity to the point where I think we were on national news talking about this very issue. And you know, from from my perspective, it has two two big problems. One, um, we're denying an entire generation the opportunity to own a home and build equity in that home. And and you know, for a lot of folks, that was their life savings went into their home. Absolutely. You know, and and then the second part of that is we do know statistically that. A lot of times, uh, the rental homes, if they're not managed well or managed correctly, can lead to higher rates of code enforcement issues and higher rates of public safety issues. And so, you know, those two things brought an alarm to me about the sustainability of our city.
1: Okay. And you just mentioned something that I I think people need to understand what you meant. When you're saying we are denying a whole generation housing, why would rentals um, or this situation be causing that? What do you mean by that?
2: Well... If you look back at the way the middle class has accrued wealth over the last probably five generations, the number one way that they accrued wealth is they bought a home in a community that was doing well and they paid down their mortgage. And at the end of it, they had an asset that they could either take into retirement or they would pass it down to the next generation. That's how most folks have garnered generational wealth. And now that we're denying folks the opportunity, because you guys are on the front lines, you see this every day. You know, a young couple who wants to go buy a home in a in a community that's doing well, uh, they're getting beat out by uh, Wall Street, frankly, uh, time and time again. No inspection, uh, cash offer above list price and so a lot of those folks now they're forced they're forced to become the renter they'll never get equity in that asset they'll never accrue wealth that way and i i don't think that's good for the long-term viability of the middle class in america right and 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 denies these people coming in buying a home
0: putting even if they have to put three and a half percent down fha build a family get the community and you know your neighbors your neighbors aren't moving in and out the yards uh, the way they're being maintained the house, the way they're being maintained, there is no sweat equity in the house because they're just renters. And then, uh, they, 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 these rental companies, and that's what we're talking about right now. We're not talking about the, the, like your buddy's dad that bought two homes, no, made a little equity. The bottom line, these rental companies, uh, they really don't care so much about the house and the yards, and it ruins it for everybody else. Yeah,
2: I mean, you you end up that property becomes a, a a list on an Excel sheet somewhere in Alabama you're or, or in, right. in, on Wall Street, and that's again, I'm not anti renter. I think you know we've built a lot of wonderful multifamily projects in fishers, but those are centrally managed. They're around amenities, and they have the viability to be sustainable for the long term. That, I think, that's a smarter approach to kind of rental and multifamily living, the single-family homes in these neighborhoods. And think about the person who bought their home is taking care of it, and now all of a sudden their neighborhood is 35 to 40% rental. I mean that is it's nuts. That's significant, right? And oh, that's absolutely. that's their life savings is in that home.
1: And so, do you think that um, you're seeing 35 to 40 percent in uh, some? Town, uh, uh, there are there <laughs> are
2: neighborhoods in Fishers that are north of 30 percent now um, rental, and uh, and the majority of those are coming from out of state firms that are buying those properties. And so, where where we enter into that is as a city, you know, first of all, raising awareness, and one of the first lines of defense is your HOA. Your homeowners association. Absolutely, they have covenants that they have the ability to restrict that, and and uh, but there's challenges with that. Uh, Absolutely, uh, the developers when they build these developments, they put a very high threshold on your ability to change the covenants. You know, it could be seventy or eighty percent. Well, if that's the case, if anyone's ever tried to garner enough support in an HOA to do anything, it's very difficult, and so some of them have had a difficult time lowering that percentage threshold uh, for rental. The other option they have is a cooling off period where you you can buy the home, but you can't rent it for a period of two years. Right. That might cool it off as well. Uh, And so we as a city started contemplating, well, maybe we should look at an ordinance that says... You know, we set a ceiling, so to speak. You can't go above this amount or this percentage of rentals uh, in a neighborhood just as a safety net to say. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And so
1: you're trying to help the HOAs to have yeah, the ability because the homeowners show right. so much resistance to this. And when I see that, I don't think the homeowners understand why the resistance uh, should not be there. You
2: know, actually, I, from my perspective, most of the HOAs, it's not that they're resistance. They're apathetic. They don't, you know you can't get more than seven people to show up to an HOA meeting. So if you want to go get 70% of them to vote on something, it's very, very difficult. We actually found, we had an HOA workshop in Fishers where we brought residents in to learn about this. We had probably 40 or 50 HOA presidents that are trying to learn how to make these changes. And a lot of them have done that. Um, But I, I think as a city, we owe it to the residents to provide a backstop that says, you know, if an HOA wants to be more restrictive, that's fine. But at the very least, we're not going to allow you to, we're not going to allow a scenario where your neighborhood transitions into something very different than what you invested in. That's our goal. Right.
0: And a lot of these new developments today are they're, they're rewriting the HOA for these developments. And it's not like they wrote them 25, 35 years ago because they never had this in their rear view mirror of what was coming ahead.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, excuse
0: me, in the windshield. Yeah. Now that we're looking at it more <laughs> yeah. in the rear yeah. view mirror, excuse me, I had to straighten that out. But the bottom line is uh, uh, I'm not going to say where I live, but, we're, we're strict. Okay. And the bottom line is if you uh, do a VRBO in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. or you have a situation, I'm telling you what, our association is all over it. Yeah. Okay. And this is the way they have to write these things in order to uh, live in a new development. But and you have to
1: protect the asset.
0: You have mm-hmm. to protect the asset and your people and everything.
1: And I don't think that's what, one of the things I think is, um, you know, we can talk about what you're trying to do and, what the HOs or HOAs are trying to do, but why? And I think that's where we come in as real estate agents is what we see. Uh, there's so many reasons why this is not a bad idea. And, it, you know, I think people want to fight against it if they, you know, like you said, yeah. they're apathetic or whatever, but they don't understand the hit they're going to take on these assets. They need
0: to fight for it. And I'm telling you, a lot of people don't like HOAs. And this is one of the great things about them. If they, if they dig deep and write these uh, yeah. Uh, rules and regulations in the HOA, and and, and
2: stand strong on it. Well, it's uh, there's a difference between short-term thinking and long-term thinking. And you know, for the short-term thinker, they think, well, I want to I want to sell this home that I listed uh, today, and I know that there's five uh, you know uh, corporations that will come buy it. That's a short-term thought process. Because Absolutely. Because the long-term, if you're going to be a realtor in this community for 20 years or 30 years, you want to be able to resell that home. Multiple times in a vibrant neighborhood where that asset's actually appreciated. I don't believe if we continue on this path that a lot of these neighborhoods will be a great place to sell a home 10, 15, 20 years from now if, if we're going down this path. So I think as an industry, you know, I'm not in your industry, but if I were, the long term strategic play here is to maintain the vibrancy and the viability of these neighborhoods, not go for the short term win of flipping this house immediately to a rental. Okay. Well,
1: I will say, as a real estate agent, there are certain um, neighborhoods in Fishers, Carmel, Westfield, Noblesville that we will talk to our buyers about that for them to move into as their primary home is not even a house we'll show.
0: Well, here, here's another subject that I'd like to touch on. Your redevelopment over in Fishers is just on fire. Yeah. Okay. It does look great. It's, it looks great. I mean, Thank you. Uh, it is just awesome and when you have these new developments coming in it's a place you want to live you want to grow your family you want to go to the Hamilton Southeastern schools and everything the bottom line is the redevelopment i mean y- you got yeah. so much going on
2: uh well it's-, it's been exciting and i think there's a couple of fundamentals that i'm really excited about it's one thing to um, build a lot of mixed use development and right. we're all we're all in that game and that's kind of that sense of place but what's really intriguing to me right now is the amount of Jobs that we're bringing into Fisher's, high-paying jobs in the life science industry. You know, we've had almost a billion dollars of new investment in life sciences in our community, as well as the tech sector. We had a big announcement today of uh, a gentleman who started a tech company and just sold it uh, for a significant sum. And those good-paying jobs are going to fuel the opportunity and the demand for housing. And then if you layer on top of that the quality of life investments we're making, um, yeah, it's um, it's a dynamic time for our city, and I think you see that in the home values. I mean, they continue to. I mean, I know nationally, home values are up, but it's amazing when I talk to folks, even in the older part of Fishers, in a home that I would have thought, you know. F- seven to ten years ago, maybe hundred and seventy five mm-hmm. to two hundred thousand dollar <laughs> home. Now they're three hundred and yeah. three hundred and twenty five thousand yeah, dollars. Right, exactly. I mean it's incredible. And you're I lucky if in... you can get them for three hundred to three hundred and twenty five thousand. And what I'm most excited about that is that you guys are selling these to young couples who are saying, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna buy that home and we're gonna put another Thirty or forty thousand. We're gonna invest in right. that home, and we're gonna make it something more than what it is today. Right, and then you got
0: five, five or six uh, uh, houses down the street, and you got that one rental property or two of them that just screw up the whole neighborhood. Right, going back to what we were talking yes. about earlier. Yes. But the bottom line is, your redevelopment. I mean, to get Top Golf, yeah. okay, to get 1933, to get the uh, the Saint Elmos uh, brands yeah. over there, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I know so many people on the north side of Indianapolis. Okay, uh, that that And Anderson and uh, Pendleton, yeah. the drive all the way over there
2: for a weekend. Yeah, the, the yard, the yard or the district. Yeah, the right? I always also. call it the yard, but mm-hmm. it's the district. Mm-hmm. Um, that development, we really felt like culinary. People wanted great places to go out to eat. They wanted great restaurants. So we partnered with Thompson Thrift to build that. And sure. the the community and the region has received and welcomed that development I think it exceeded any of our expectations uh, and just how well and how much people like it. And then, you know, south of that now with the arena we're building, uh, and we're going to have a a massive announcement uh, tomorrow. Uh, about a retailer that's probably one of the best retailers but in the we country. We can't break that. We can't yeah. break it, yeah. break, come come on, it here, but uh, tomorrow break morning the news. it's going to be yeah, fun. That's uh, so it's just more energy. There's, there's uh, something palpable about the energy in Fishers right now, which is really fun to be a part of.
1: So that gets back to we have so many families that want to live there, and some of these issues with uh, rental, big yeah. more major corporations coming in and buying them, um, the other part of that is, too, is I think that we see that they aren't – the people who own those properties are not invested into the community as well. They, they are absentee, and they could be from a different country as well. So they don't even have anything to do with the city. Well,
2: I mean, look, I mean, uh, absolutely. I think there are people that rent that are good, hardworking people like anyone else. Um, my personal opinion is that when you, when you own the asset and you live in Alabama – or you live in New York, or you live out of the country, as you said, you're just not likely to care as much about the issues or be as responsive. And you certainly, to your point, you know, you're not going to be at an HOA meeting saying, boy, we should really fix that playground. Right. You know, boy, we should we should That's really take exactly care right. of that eyesore over there. It's these HOAs and just people's ownership. I had this uh, older woman. Uh, she, she hounded me for the better part of... A year to get a speed limit sign in her neighborhood and uh, she she finally got it and uh, she wrote me an email yesterday and thanked me for it and I had to respond to her and tell her it's the persistence of individuals like you who call that neighborhood home who are staunch advocates for it that make all the difference in the world uh, to the viability of our community so you know this is about more than just dollars and cents it is about a sense of community and making sure that we're viable for the long term, and uh, you know Tony Katz, popular conservative radio host, he had Absolutely. me on about this issue, and he said, "Well, how do you? I mean, how do you balance a person's right to make as much money as they want when they sell their property?" Mm-hmm. And and my my answer to that was that is kind of what government does. From time to time, we step in and we make a policy decision that's on the it's for the betterment of the whole, not the individual. And and by the way, no one is if we said no to a corporation you guys would fill that house with someone. And my guess is it would be a, a family that wants to call that home, put money into that asset, and be a part of the community. And I'll oh, choose we, that. Justin, we run into that every, day. every I mean, day. I mean, we can't
1: get the houses for our people who are trying to get in under 400,000, it right oh, now is Lord. almost impossible. And when that is allowed, I will say I've had sellers when I sit down with my sellers and they are in a neighborhood that can be rented. I do have a conversation with them. That's great. I say to them, do you realize we can get multiple offers on your property, maybe some side unseen offers, and it's going to be cash. Do you want to sell to somebody who wants to live in this home and have a home for their family? Or do you also want to make sure that your neighborhood and your friends that you've probably lived next door to for 10 years, do not have a rental come in next to them that's going to start." to fall apart and then d- destroy their property values and i will tell you after i have that conversation we hardly ever have a seller sell to a, a that's awesome. corporation
2: that's that's great to hear i'm glad i'm glad Like you're you said because
1: they are going to get a offer oh yeah do for you want to sure. choose a family or do you want to choose a corporation and after that conversation more people maybe would even have that conversation with their seller like you said realtors stepping in and saying what this is doing to the community that is something that a seller starts to go oh okay right and I want sometimes, a family
0: and that's if, if the corporation is given let's just make this easy ten thousand dollars more uh, you, you might see the family come up or the seller be a little bit more lenient to the family that wants to buy the house you know maybe they they'll sell they'll, they'll pay another ten thousand I would
1: just say right. that most of the sellers that I ever work with everybody's a human and they want to help others right and that's how you help others
2: well and I think uh, the, we mentioned this before we started today I think it's only going to get worse. Oh yeah, Uh, with the the current environment we find ourselves in, uh, just this last December, I think Fisher's only had two single-family home permits pulled for new construction. We're seeing slower volumes than we've seen since the housing recession. So what you're going to see is a pent-up demand. Sure, those prices are going to continue to go up, and with interest rates the way they are, uh, the average young couple or family that wants to come be a part of Fisher's, Carmel, Westfield, Noblesville, it's becoming more and more difficult. Meanwhile, Wall Street's going to look at that and say, this is a pent-up demand. It's going to be sustainable. I can generate large rental revenues, get good returns, and they have cash. So they're going to continue to come in here and hammer away at us. And uh, and this is something that we're going to – drafting a policy like this is pretty complicated. has a lot of legal ramifications. So we've been working a lot on that over the last four to six months. But I do think if Fishers leads the way on this – I think there's a number of other communities that are watching, sure, and we uh, will probably follow suit if we, if we move forward. And my guess is I will not be getting a gift basket from the from the corporate uh, rental folks, but that's okay. I mean, who cares, right? I, I, At I the agree. end of the day, well, my responsibility um, is community, not when do the you think you'll
1: be putting this in front of the council?
2: It's probably in the next ninety to one hundred twenty days would be my guess.
1: How does the council seem to be on this?
2: They're open to it. You know, they're getting some pushback from people who own rentals. Uh, Of course. You know, the, the hard part on the policy is we say we're after the folks that are out of state, but we can't discriminate in that regard. It has to be a policy that addresses everyone. And so if you're the guy that owns four homes, you know, you're affected in your ability to go buy your fifth one if we cap it in certain neighborhoods. So you have your local guys saying, well, I'm a I'm a good operator. I'm not doing anything wrong. Why am I getting thrown in with everybody else? That's the way public policy works is you have to think through and you can't discriminate against one group or another. So that, there again, why we have to think through how we raise the, the cap or put a backstop and then allow the HOAs to do the work that they need to do. Right.
0: Well, Justin, uh, he started a uh, website called fishers.realestate. That's the new uh, URLs now that are out there. And, you know, him just developing that website has to have some of this information on it that could obviously get him people that will read these issues to say, hey, you know, this was what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yep. people need to know about this and following the city council of, uh, I follow the city council here in Carmel. Yep. So I'm invested yep. in it. Okay. I live here, but following the city council and what you guys are doing, that is a big investment of time, but also you can get involved because you got to go to the meetings. And you said earlier, about the lady that had the, that yep. finally got her sign, she was persistent, persistent, persistent,
2: and you need more of them. Yeah, engagement is critical. In today's world, I know everyone's busy and there's information overload, but um, being informed, being engaged, being thoughtful, bringing solutions to the table and bringing a perspective that's different. I get paid for a living to advocate on behalf of the city, um, so it never means quite as much as it does from the resident who stands up and says, this is why it's important to me. And so I think you're spot on in that staying engaged is so vitally important. And
1: leaving out next door as your sounding board.
2: Yeah. Leaving out next door and and some of the
0: social media pages, like, you know, we, I'm involved in social media pages. I understand. I understand the backlash. I understand the negativity, but there's a lot of positivity on them too. Okay. And it depends on how you address it and how you get it out. Just don't read the comments. Yeah. That's that's my goal in life. You (laughs) know, honestly, uh, uh, we have some social media pages here in Carmel, and uh, we got them set up. If the comments are very, very rude, very, very negative, they're out. Because yeah. we're okay to hear uh, your side of the story, but we're we're, we're only going to hear it in a certain
2: tone that people can work off of. And I think that's very important in this discussion because I would never want to be in a scenario or characterized. That this policy is discriminating against people because we're stereotyping who a renter is. Right. That is not what we're discussing here. Uh, This is about the viability at long term of our city. Every
0: one of us probably in here rented a home.
1: I did apartment before we bought our first home. I did want to say that um, because I think it's kind of been brought up a few times the way you've said it is it's definitely not. The renters we are talking about or the rental community that needs to rent. This is about the possibility of an issue happening with viable housing market in the future.
2: I agree. Yeah. Long term, what is best? What's most viable? And then, you know, look, Carmel, as I walked in here today, (laughs) lots of rental all around us. There's a way to do it that actually ensures the viability of the rental property long term. When you put it in a rich walkable area, and when you put it when it, by rich I mean amenity rich, you know you right. have trails, you have green space, you have the opportunity to engage with retail. That is where um, time and time again, historically, rental properties have maintained their value. Right. When the you other, stick them in the middle of nowhere, they don't they don't maintain their value. Absolutely. And not.
1: I will also say that when I see the rental the renters who are using these rental properties from these major corporations they don't get a lot of really good service or help when things are happening. So the other situation that happens is these renters who do get to finally rent a home because they're available are renting from corporations that are non non-existent in our non-responsive. area non-responsive yeah. and they do not do things for them like the mom and pops yeah so the absolutely. mom and pops we love because they are more hands-on what with happens
2: when your cables. water heater goes out right yeah they absolutely 100 number right. for you to call or yeah, right
1: and it's very hard to get that let, done. Me, let me
2: ask this question on your
0: market in the condominium market yeah. i mean ours is blowing up here okay i mean it, I, i'm going to do a list on condominiums next wednesday i just got it from our redevelopment yeah
2: uh, Division here for Carmel. Your condo market is, I mean, it's starting. We're, we're a little behind where Carmel is, but Tony right. Berkla is doing a development right on the Nickel Plate Trail in downtown Fisher. Is a really neat project. I think it's like 45 or 50 condos. What are those going to start at? Do you know? They're north of six and will run to a million, Isn't I believe. That un-
0: unbelievable. But you
2: know what? And I'm sure you're seeing Location. this in Carmel. The phenomenon that we find is that we have all these folks who own, you know, 7,000 to 10,000 square foot homes. Yeah their kids are all gone they're done. and they're saying we want to live in a nice place, but we also want to go to Arizona. We want to go to Florida. Right. And so I think it's fueling this condo surge. I don't think it's necessarily the 24 year old or the 27. No, no. It's, it's the guy that's 55 to 65 yeah. years
0: old. He's lived in X, Y, Z, uh, out in uh, Hamilton proper. Yes, I'm selling my exactly. home, but I want to stay here in the uh, summer with right. my grandkids and they're going to Florida or
2: like you said, Arizona yeah. or somewhere else. Yeah.
1: And the and, walkability that you've provided is. That, awesome. Exactly.
2: And they have something that's so valuable two things, really they have discretionary time and money. And so why I think these condos are great for a downtown walkable place like Carmel or what we're doing at Fishers is it helps support the local ecosystem of Absolutely. restaurants and bars and things of that nature. Cause the the 40 year old with three little kids, they don't have the time or the money to go hang out on a Thursday night and have dinner, but uh, a 67-year-old who's empty naster, they do, and I think that can help support the ecosystem. And Fishers and Carmel, were, we were so young for so long. This is kind of a new phenomenon for us, but um, we're excited about it, and I think you'll see more condos on the market, and Fishers even announced probably in the next 60 to 90 days. Well,
0: let me tell you something. When Lennar was building off of 116th Street just east of, uh, excuse me, going west of the nickel plate. Yeah. Okay. And the prices they were So I said, these guys don't got a chance. Then I look within six months and they're sold out almost. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? and and the, I thought, what is changing here? Yeah. And it's the, it's, it's, it's the part of life. People are getting rid of their bigger homes or it's the new home buyer coming in for the first round. Right. And those were a hell of a deal to, every one of those people that bought one of those they've had to make a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand dollars on them yeah
2: well you and i both know uh i was talking to a young person works for me the other day she's in her late 20s and she still rents but she rents in a very nice apartment um she's got a boyfriend who rents a very nice apartment and i was asking her you know if you get married uh, and you get a starter home like in your mind what does a starter home run and she was like, ah, probably three fifty to four twenty five. That's unbelievable. I mean, when mm-hmm. we were growing up, a starter home would not be in the. But but she's also going to be in her early thirties. Yeah, she's also been trained. <laughs> she's been paying basically the equivalent right? of a mortgage right every yeah. month for her apartment. So they're just in a different. The starter home starts later, and they're just at a different point in their career and in their families than we were when we were. Yeah, my starter up.
0: home was a uh, hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars, and I'm going to tell you something. After I Closed, and I went, man, did I bite off too much. I hear you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but um, I don't even want to look up. So anything
1: founders. else fun coming Any... up that you have to
2: it's a, well, you know, break it, here? I, I would tell you that uh, this year is going to be such a transformative year for our city. When you think about uh, Michael Andretti building his global yeah, headquarters, I, saw that. I don't know that people really understand the size and magnitude of that project. It's 635,000 square feet. It's got a a museum, an Italian restaurant, and it's going to transform that 96th Street corridor. It's the type of project we've been waiting for to do on that airport property. And then all the life science companies coming to be, and then we're breaking ground Friday on our arena. right? Uh, And that will include about $500 million of additional. What's the name of the arena, please? We, don't, we call it the Fisher's Event Center right now because, okay. frankly, we're out shopping for a, a, sponsor. a sponsor, to sponsor. name it. So right. it's been kind of generic to date. Um, but, you know, Thompson Thrift did such a great job, as we mentioned earlier, about the district. And um, there's just going to be more of that and uh, more announcements. Just I mean, those are, some, that's, those are two major, huge developments. Yeah, yeah it, these are things that most cities would do once every 50 years. How many years will it take to build out Andretti's? Uh, they'll be open by the end of next year, I believe. And our arena, believe it or not, will be open by November of next year. Wow. That's awesome. How are you doing it? I don't know. I don't (laughs) sleep. You guys got the beach project too? Yeah, we got a Geist waterfront. Yeah. That that opens this spring as well. That's a great park. Yeah, it's really exciting. Then you have all those new homes being built right Mm -hmm. there on the water. Kind of the last section of Geist to be built, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I thought Oleal
0: Road was the last section. And it's not when they had the Rose Garden out there where, uh, uh, Reggie Miller used yeah. to live.
2: Yep. It's amazing to see the new homes that are being built on guys, and then how much those lots went for <laughs> yeah. is extraordinary, too. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting time well, to be in Well, Owe
1: Road used to be so out in the boondocks. I lived in Fishers when it was a town of 3,000. I'm not going to, you know, date myself or anything, but... You didn't have anything. You had a McDonald's and that was it. And My
0: first boat dock out there was $375 a year with Ken Duckmore. <laughs> I said, Ken, you're ripping me off. He says, that, that was a lot of money back then. It's appreciated then. a bit. Since yeah, then. That's, right, right. that was, you know, a long, long time ago. Well, hey, any more questions for the mayor?
1: I don't know. Anything else you no, have to I mean, share No, thanks for having me over here. Oh, I appreciate I it. i got to tell
0: you something. We would love to have you on the show again. This is a wealth of information. Anytime. Anytime. Um, uh, we're going to get this uh, podcast uh, out to everybody so they can learn more about Fishers and the opportunity to live there, build, have a family there, and all the.
2: Uh, or bring uh, production. a corporation. Well, there. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, and I better get out of here before Brainerd finds out I'm in college. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Thank you, Scott Madness, for Thank being you. on the show. <laughs>
0: back for the second half of the show thank you to mayor scott fadness for coming on the show today telling us about his city and how he sees the uh, future of fishers and now we're going to talk about the stats and we're going to kick it off with shelly walters and then justin griffith uh shelly let's uh kick off fishers indiana and tell me what's Going on in the last seven days, and let's talk about what's selling and how short we are on inventory.
1: Okay, so Fisher's, the last seven days, 36 hit the market, 19 of those immediately pended, and um, six of those were new builds. And currently active in Fisher's is 108, 26 of those are new builds. And what we're really looking at here in the past 30 days, 111 homes have sold in Fishers, but only 36 hit the market. So we're starting to see more houses. I mean, we've been saying this forever, but there are so many more houses selling than are hitting the market. So inventory is still very tight. Um, In the days on market in the past 30 days, the average was 47. In the past seven days, the average is 24. So the sales are starting to come in much faster. And the median days on market was 15 for the past 30 days. It's currently in Fishers 5. So we are seeing a huge speed up in houses going off the market in Fishers. In Noblesville, 29 hit the market. 15 of those sold. Only one was a new build. And then um, in the past uh, 30 days, 87 have sold. 16 of those were new build. And um, looking again, the difference between the days on market, the average in the past 30 days was 45. In the past seven days, it is now 18. The median was 13 in um past 30 days and it's now 5 so Noblesville again is also speeding up currently active in Noblesville there is 95 35 or new builds so do you have the high and low on Noblesville I do not okay. um trying to get all this information out gotcha. because there's so much um, but there's only 60 on the market anywhere any price point so I also want to say that as well so 60 homes in the entire town of Noblesville in any price point so,, um, that would just kind of lean the fact to you know 20, 30, 40, 50 buyers looking at the price you. point between 300 and 400. there may be two houses. There better mm-hmm.
0: be some inventory coming on the market here in the next week or they're gonna be in trouble. Let's well, go. That's over.
1: what sellers need to know. They need to get their houses on the market. So right. um, if they want to sell. So in Carmel, the um, amount of homes that were activated in the past seven days were thirty seven, twelve pended. Two of those were new builds. Currently active, 131, but 45 of those are new builds. And what was really interesting to see in Carmel, um, lots of new builds were released in Carmel. So of all the homes that are currently active now, a lot of the new builds just hit the market. So some builders just really started to release um, a lot of, and again, those aren't even out of the ground. Um, Sold, 89 sold in the past uh, 30 days. 19 of those were new builds. And looking again at the days on market, average was 43 in the past 30 days. This is very interesting in Carmel. The average days on market in the past seven days was nine. So we went from 43 to nine. And then the median was 16 in the past 30 days is now five. So Carmel is really sucking up the inventory
0: quick. What's the total again in Carmel right now? I do not want to include new builds.
1: Um, If we take 131 minus 45.
0: Okay. (laughs) I got you. Do that math in my head. So the bottom line is... uh, I mean,
1: inventory is gone. You know, going this is probably quick.
0: in the next two to three weeks would probably be one of the highest times to, to get some of the premium dollars out of your property right now, because of what's going to happen about another four or five weeks later when people are, are ready to sell. But I think right now, if you had a perfect home would be the time to list it right now, because you're probably going to get a, the premium a better premium price along with the before the interest rates could climb again
3: and well, you don't have competition sorry right, but right you're you right no you don't, don't have a competition so it's like list now get the top dollar you're going to get multiple offers if you're in a prime location and, right yeah.
0: and then
1: again making sure that your list agent understands how to do this process because this is not an easy process to Absolutely go through and, and leave a lot of money on the table or end up back people on the just think you list weeks. a
0: home and you're going to get the, it's all about timing days when to put it up
1: The negotiations and everything, it's really important um, that those contracts that come in, there may be five or six or ten of them, but really not all of them are equal. And the other things that protect the buyer and seller um, on both sides need to be understood by both agents. So that's just another thing. It's a whole other show. But um, in Westfield, 36 hit the market, 12 of those pended. No new builds in uh, Westfield, which we know they're very heavy. Well, I
0: know that, but, you know, (laughs) I mean, thank God, right?
1: Right. Well, they're And um, what have they
0: got? A, a total under uh, on lots and construction in a whole different category, a hundred and some.
1: Well, active yeah, in Westfield, yeah. <laughs> this is 168 are active, but 97 are new build specs. Are right. you know 97. So we That's are like looking at about actual homes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in all price points. Yeah. And the other thing was really cool. And, I so, and my some p- of
0: those houses that you just talked about. They don't even have sticks on them yet. They don't have foundations no, on them. It's just the, a lot. It's that just they, that, mud. Yeah, it's just mud. Right. So yeah, ninety-seven
1: so, of, of those. It takes than a month. year
0: to build a house.
1: Well, that was always getting ready to say, in um, Westfield and Zionsville, I saw my first 2024 home hit oh, the market.
0: Did you really? Yep.
1: So we're already getting towards in 2024. Wow. Um, 125 sold in the past 30 days. 70 were new builds. Um, Next question I want to say is, potentially, could we talk to the mayor of Westfield? Because I was on the redistricting committee for Carmel three times. What are they doing with their schools there? How many of these new builds are being sold and sold and sold and sold in this same size school?
0: That's a show for next year. It's
1: a whole different section. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just curious about that so average days on market in the past 30 days was 39 and median was five but actually westfield average was 51 and 10 in the past seven days so um average for westfield is kind of um staying the same so they're not speeding up as fast as the other towns last time zionsville 17 hit the market seven of those pended, two were new builds and then um 45 or active currently so they only have 45 and then 11 of those are new builds so that's 34 Right. And 26 sold in the past 30 days. The three were new builds. But um, looking at Zionsville, this is very interesting if you are to want to sell your house in Zionsville. In the past 30 days, the average days on market was 27. Ooh, that's good. know that was past 30 days. Yep, right. And in the past seven days, the average is eight. And right. the median was eight in the past 30 days, and it's now five.
0: And you're so not getting a discount on a house in Zionsville. No, so
1: average days, eight, median five. We have evened out now in Zionsville saying basically they're selling as soon as they hit the market.
0: Yeah, I'd love to pull the stats on those in about 90 days after they all close and see what they listed for and what they sold for because they're all going to be over.
1: Right, and sometimes I do do the list-to-sale ratio, and right. I think that's going to be a very interesting um, Yeah, We'll do situation. that next week on yep. some of the houses. So that gets into talking about the prices and people talking about potentially prices are going down. <laughs> I don't think so. No, the prices yeah.
0: aren't going down.
3: <laughs> Justin, let's move
0: over to you, and let's kick it off with uh, – well, first, you got something to say, Justin.
3: Yeah, I just uh, saw a report by the National Association of Realtors on CNN that the average uh, median home price right now is 363000 nationwide. That's insane. Right. It's very high. Uh, but this is the first time in 131 months that we had a negative month per national numbers. Uh, per national, so, right. Doesn't mean yeah, we have it here. Yeah, a negative now, month in what? Uh, in sales, like the price is going down. Right. But uh, national. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah, As you see by our numbers, this is not factual. It just really depends on where you're at. And right. Well, hey, let's kick uh, your stats
0: off with uh, uh, let's go Broad Ripple first, and then we'll go to murdie and Kessler. Uh,
3: so, numbers are pretty slow this week. Broad Ripple had one new listing that Ooh. pended, uh, <laughs> leaving 12 total on what the market. What was the price of right it? Now. Do you have it? Uh, I do not have the price okay. of it. So, uh, it sold in a, a moment. Yep, sold in less than three days. Uh, we have four pending at the average price at 333000 and we had 10 closings last week which is up quite a bit sure uh gotta get everything price, done uh 428,000 40 days on the market the median was 35 so really close right uh and those prices were anywhere from 220 all the way up to 1. well everything in Broader bowl
0: every sign out there says sold sold <laughs> sold, oh, yeah. sold sold if
1: you can get the sold sign on it in time yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's right.
3: well they all want to do that because that's part of the marketing right yep but so those prices were anywhere from 220 to 1.4 i know uh you Know sometimes people we, we talk big numbers on the show, but we do work in every price point. You absolutely. Know, we, we do. I just did 100. a scenario
0: uh last week that people were kind of griping about, or two weeks ago, I was griping about Carmel doing a scenario at the right. And everybody doesn't have a five or seven hundred thousand dollar home. I get yeah. what you're saying. You're right. We do scenarios everywhere. Yep, okay, absolutely. So, uh, so it looks like Broad Ripple, uh, somebody can really get some premium dollars out of their house right now. Let's go over to Meridian Kessler.
3: Uh, Meridian Kessler, we had nothing uh added this week, which leads. Leaves a total of nine active listings, wow. which is terribly low right now. Uh, we had one pin for 550000 that was on the market for 12 days. Mm-hmm. And we had five closings at an average price of five fifty-seven. dollars uh, Those prices started at anywhere from two nineteen all the way up to $1 million.
0: Yeah, we won't hit a zero next week on Meridian Kessler. You're going to see some oh, houses absolutely. pop up for sale. Absolutely. And here's the thing in Meridian Kessler, okay? Uh, you know, if you had a, a perfect house of, uh, let's say, to five and a quarter. I could see that five and a quarter house. I really could see it going for a lot more money. Oh, absolutely. And like you said,
1: we'll see those in uh, 30 days. We'll start to see these list of sale ratios. You're you're going to see
0: a 525 home. You could see it tap on the door easily at 575 to 600,000 because of no inventory. No inventory. All right. And right now, uh, somebody's going to want today's rates versus in 30 to 60 days from now. Yep. You know what I mean?
3: Okay. Uh, next up, we have Bates Hendricks. We had five new listings, none of which pended, uh, priced anywhere from 279 to 565 That really
0: surprises me. Yep.
3: Uh, 18 total. Uh, we had three pinned, and we had two sale. Uh, average price of 415 16 days on the market for average and median. So those numbers are actually the same right now. And then lastly, Fountain Square, we had uh, two new ones hit the market. Uh, four pended. All of them were on the market for over 27 days. For the ones that pended, I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, and then we had three closings. Uh, average price at 386 thousand. So we not need, bad.
0: Some, yeah, we need some inventory.
3: Yeah. I think with these low rates, though, I think a lot of people that low have rates, these, well, I'm saying that have the existing yes, mortgages, the mortgages, the 2.75s. Yeah. Degrees. I mean,
0: why are you going to dump a two point seven five to go to a seven point one two five and blow your equity on that? But, you know, as we say it, you know, marry the house and date the rate. Even yeah. if you take a 30 year fix for two years, you know, we are going to see some rate declines. And you know where the big refinance push is going to come and when you when you are in the sevenths. And you get back to five point eight seven five, that's enough to refinance. Yep. With the numbers today. At least one oh, percent you wanna do it. Well one yep. percent it depends on what the mortgage balance is, but you're gonna see a refinance craze <laughs> come all over the country. Just not here. But uh, yeah, a lot of people aren't going to give a 2.75% rate up, uh, take their 100000 or $50,000 equity they've
3: made in the last year, year and a half, two years, and go after
0: 7.125. It doesn't make any sense.
3: Yeah. I just think uh, a lot of people are going to turn into landlords. You know, if you're sitting on an interest rate of like 2.75, 3%, it's like, it's hey, bad. you can make that a rental. And it's like, why would I give up 2.75 when? Yeah. Right. You
1: know. As long as their HOA, yeah, <laughs> HOA allows it. Yeah, as long as the
3: HOA allows
0: it. But then when they do that, you got to understand something. They got to go buy something at full price right now. Then they got to go do a higher interest rate. So I just, I don't know. I just, you know, the people that need to list their homes right now, I get it. The person that's going to move to Florida, the person that's going to move to Arizona, or maybe they're going to get rid of their house in the Meridian Kessler area and say, hey, I'm going to buy a condo for a short time and fill out what the market is. Yep. Okay. I can understand that. But um,
1: I don't think we're going to see that's the problem with the inventory. If we look at the past two years, the problem with the inventory was that we had low inventory and what caused that. Mm-hmm. What's causing it today is totally different. And the yep. low inventory is going to continue. But also um, what, you, what we're talking about right here is a major factor of. If you don't have to move, like you just said, if you're going to move because you're, you're relocating or whatever, but I think even families that are stuck in a house that they've got just had their third kid and they only have a two bedroom, trying or something to make it like work that, right now, they are going to make it work yep. until this settles down. And that's going to make this inventory continue to stay low. Yeah, well,
0: I'm going to tell you something. Uh, a friend of mine sent me an article uh, early this morning from Fortune Magazine on real estate. And I'm not going to go over the whole article, I am going to touch. Pretty heavy on it next week, okay, because it just came out. Uh, Indianapolis saw a housing boom during the pandemic. However, it was quite a frenzy that overtook markets like in Austin and Phoenix. The one thing about Indianapolis, our property values have really sustained their actual list price, okay? We are down less than one-tenth of a percent on declines in our real estate sales okay so i'm going to go over this mag, uh, this uh, article from fortune magazine um that we'll post on next week's show of about what indianapolis has done compared to like phoenix and other markets i mean we are really in a good market for people to buy their first home and you know i don't want to touch on the rental market too much but you know you're right you could take a 2.75% rate and uh, really get some premium dollars because uh, you almost have free money. Yep. All right. But um, I'm going to go over this uh, article pretty in depth and, and talk with it, uh, you guys next week when Fortune Magazine. And it really does talk about the market. And it's a very, very good uh, article to go over. So homeowners and realtors hear this. Um, well, and
1: that's getting back to what he said in regards to looking at a lot of these reports keep coming out that the prices are dropping, the prices are dropping. Everybody has to keep in their mind that this is national information. Yeah. Well, that's
0: right. And, and, and the funny thing about the Fortune magazine thing and, and the reason uh, she sent this to me, these uh, 133 housing markets saw home prices decline in February, but 267 markets ticked higher, and we're 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 really more on that side of the fence. Yep. Okay, so well, it's uh,
1: great that somebody finally said that instead of just averaging and just saying uh, overall doom and gloom.
0: Well, I have a uh, private uh, research analysis uh, person that does this for me that sends this to me, and uh, we're really going to dig deep in this, and we're going to chew the fat on this next week because people got to learn it, understand it. If you're in the market, if you're going to sell, okay, Justin. If somebody wants to get a hold of you to buy a home in Fisher's, uh, Shelly, we're not going to let you h- sell any homes in Fishers this week, okay?
3: <laughs> okay. Justin, you're at Fishers.RealEstate. Tell them what company you're with
0: and how they can contact you,
3: please. I'm with uh, Keller Williams. Uh, phone number is 317-507-5599 and also uh, CustomContainerBuilders.com. Okay. And um, what's the name of your website? Fishers.RealEstate. Okay. dot .realEstate. Not real Estate. And
0: Shelly, if somebody want to get a hold of you, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where, where, where is uh, Kyle Moore's? Is he on spring break? Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll give him a call. Hey, if anybody wants to buy a home off Kyle Morris up here in the Carmel area, uh, get a hold of him. Uh, Essie Tucker and Carmel. And Shelly, how did they get a hold of you? You
1: can reach me on my cell phone, 317-201-2601. It's Shelly Walters with the Shelly Walters release group and FC Tucker.
0: Okay. Hey, everybody, we'll talk to you next week and have a great week.